Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because Matthew, I just want to start off. With today has been a terrible day so far. Oh my god. Don't even get me started. <laughs> After this Sunday. This is just this has been the worst. I mean what kind of Sunday is it where the Jets actually hold the Bills to no touchdowns and they still lose? I'm all in on the tank for Trevor Wade. Oh, my God. I'm so happy the Bills won today. That's all I care about. But, uh, I mean, our picks have just been brutal. Okay, we'll get into that later. No, man. Episode 25. We are back. All right? We're a quarter (laughs) of a century in weeks. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what that what does that even like translate to I don't even know but well 25 has, sounds like a nice round number that's yes. all I'm trying to say 25 straight weeks of the podcast we are here thank you all for the beloved support okay listen shut up <laughs> because Yo. do you know what do you know what you know what number goes with 25 254 Wow, what a great segue. Jumping right into it. Jumping no right into it. Or buts. Because but first, this was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Shout out UFC 254. Okay, we're going to get into this nice little recap and reaction. So I will pull up the card real quick. Um, I got it right here. You You know you what? Beautiful man. <laughs> Perfect. But, 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 um, but, obviously, everyone wants to talk about what happened in the main event. But I think we should save that for last because that's kind of the next topic that you cooked up for us. Yes, sir. So let's go there's over just three. I mean, there's besides for the main event, there's just kind of two things I want to go over. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, all right. I, I mean, obviously, talking. no, I just the first thing I want to say, I want to go over um, Alexander Volkov hammering Walt Harris. Yeah, that's I knew you were going to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I like Walt Harris, I like the story, but he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> like, it's not even funny. Like, you would think that he would go on this big inspirational thing, and like, he's lost every fight since then, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, he's lost two straight. Yeah. Yeah. And he has not looked good. And Alexander Volkov with his Russian power just absolutely hammered. I don't even know if he's Russian, to be honest with you. He just sounds Russian. And he hammered Walt Harris. <laughs> we were actually fun, fun little say, side note. We were on the. Go ahead, you tell, you tell him, you tell him. We were on the football field playing flag football, and I'm playing uh, <laughs> corner, and Peter's playing like a linebacker or whatever next to me. And then all Peter hears is, you know, I really like the in and outs of Alexander Volkov, and he's like, "What are you listening to?" And I'm watching the UFC fight live mid game. I mean, and the best is on- the best. It paused. And then it came back, and Walt Harris was on the ground. Yeah. The connection was bad at the field. It paused, and all I see is Walt Harris done. But, oh, my God. He, I love the story, but he sucks. Like, he's, yeah, he's bad. he's bad. I just think that's the UFC's fault for throwing him in with, like, good heavyweights already. They should have eased him into it a little bit. And not to mention, I'm pretty sure this is, like, his third fight in the last two months. Yeah, he has fought a lot. That is true. He's, so, like, he's just getting his clock cleaned on all ends of the spectrum. You know what? Like, he needs some time to, like, emotionally and mentally. He just needs, like, six years off. <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely – I'm really speechless when it comes to this because I feel so bad, like, talking bad about him because he has such a yeah. great story. But he really sucks. The UFC should not yeah. like, get rid of him, but they need to figure him out because he's about to be – like, his record's just getting worse. 13-9, and, worse and nine, yeah. yeah. It's just getting worse and worse. So, I, So like – 
on paper, it sounded like this would do kind of something for Volkov, but in reality, it doesn't really do much for Volkov, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked great, but he was already yeah, he the favor going into this, so. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. Oh, I'm. I'm over it, honestly. I, I, I I'm over that one, bad. too. Yeah, yeah, I just, I feel bad for Walt Harris, but, like, he needs to take a break. Yeah, I agree. So, go get yourself oh. back physically, emotionally, mentally, and then that win that you've been looking for will come eventually. But I want to move on to the Comey event. I know yes, you sir. definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of all the other picks that I incorrectly predicted this week in football, I actually did a pretty good job for the UFC fights. Um, Robert Whittaker, Jared Cannonier. I said Whittaker was going to win. First of all, I just want to preface this by saying I don't know why everyone in MMA Twitter – Really likes, likes Jared Whittaker. Cannonier. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 likes Whittaker because, um, dude, he, he looks like he fights like like a bartender. Like he just throws him his hands. He looks like he yeah. has no technique. He doesn't look good. But then every time he fights, he always wins. So I don't really get it. And his leg kicks look like he could barely get them off the ground, and they always connect somehow. So I don't understand mm-hmm. the hype behind him. But I did predict him winning this because he's like way more of a vet to me. He's had those fights that Jared Cannonier hasn't had yet. Uh, even though he's lost some of them, that experience just put him above. And I predicted um, a knockout, but he actually almost yeah. did, but he won by decision. So I'm not surprised that Whitaker won. I also respect him because he said something when they asked him about Adesanya, and he was like, I, I, I don't know if this is what he said exactly, but I'm like 50, I'm like 90% sure. 50, I'm already underestimating myself. <laughs> I'm like 90% sure that he was kind of just like, um, no, I want to fight. Like, I want to keep working my way up to the Yeah, title. he br- he like kind of brushed it off, to be honest with you. And like, as a fan, like I liked that because we just saw Whitaker versus Adesanya not that long ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, no, 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 you're right. That's what that's what I'm saying. I kind of am happy that he he's kind of like handling it like professional. Yeah. And it's not really a rematch that we're kind of yearning for, to be honest with you, either. So when it comes, it comes. I'm glad he's not trying to push for it. Yeah, he's dope. And he, out of all people, would be the one to be, say like he's the number one contender because he's won mm-hmm. his last two fights. And yeah. two top contenders and Darren Till and Ken Near. So realistically, he does deserve the title shot, but he's not really like begging for it, which I really yeah. like. So shout out Robert Whitaker. Uh the other cards, I mean, it was a pretty good card overall. Yeah. Uh Phil Hawes looked good. He knocked some dude out in 19 seconds. Um I mean, there's nothing really else. I'm pretty sure what Khabib's boy um won by knockout earlier on the card Kalayev or whatever his name is yeah so yeah it was a pretty solid card overall great one of the good ones to end the year i know we have two more coming up with mm-hmm. 255 i i i know valentina shevchenko's on and i'm pretty sure it's peter yan and al jermaine sterling i have to look that up to double check and i'm pretty sure amanda nunez is on uh one of the cards he's on yeah she's on an, oh i said he my bad <laughs> 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 she's on yeah she's on one of those um if you want to kind of just oh, transition no, a little bit. Wrong. I'm so sorry. It's uh the flyweight for UFC 255 November. It's Figueroa's fighting. Oh yeah, that's Shevchenko. right. That. And then December is Nunez and. Um, you could probably fight every day Peter and be Dion. completely fine, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's just we'll, a different we'll, animal. Exactly. But but we'll move on. Um, yeah, definitely want to transition to the main event because. Yeah, this is all I really wanted to talk about. That's why I'm kind of rushing through this. If that's what it seems like. Yeah, but I mean, there, what was there really to speak of, of you know, true. Walt Glassjaw Harris and, you know, Jared Cannonier. I feel so bad. I just keep, I, I'm so, I feel so bad. I just keep roasting Walt Harris for no reason. But the, I don't even want to say anything like, I don't, I, before we even like analyze what happened, I just want to say the respect between the two guys made this fight a lot more enjoyable for me. 
Yeah, so agreed. Great way to start it off. I really like the respect that these both both competitors had. Honestly, I'm kind of over the whole McGregor trash talking and shit. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, I, it was really cool and fun. But now, like, every time, like, someone like Colby does it or anyone does it, it's not, like, as fun as it used to it's be. It's recycled. Yeah, it's recycled bullshit. So, like, I really – it's in the breath of fresh air to see two fighters that are really good, really respect each other. So, you're right. Great way to start it off. Especially when Gaethje lost the fight. He literally said, like, I didn't get to tell you I'm sorry about your father, but – um, he'd be proud of you. Like, that's so fucking dope. That's doper than anything Conor McGregor's ever said in regards to yeah. And uh, Well, I mean, to to be fair, though, Conor did have respect for Khabib's dad. I don't, so. but yo, I'm a Conor McGregor fan, and I think that's so manufactured. Like, he's always trying to yeah. make that shit about himself, so. No, of course, but I mean, just the fact that he even, you know, we, we think of Conor as this big, you know, cocky douchebag, and I think I'm sure that he wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, well, no, he definitely is, but, you know, I'm not saying that. I just feel like there is a respect around the, the UFC circle for 100%. Khabib's dad. Connor definitely, and I think Connor respects Khabib. Um, in I think he's afraid of Khabib, too. to be honest with you. I, I mean, I, I don't know because I think he'd step in there again against him, but there's definitely respect there. But I, to not get too off track, I think um, it was a great sign of respect. Shout out Deer Park, give us a sponsorship. <laughs> We're sipping on the water. Shout out Deer Park. I got Poland Spring. Shout out Pop Andrew Sammy. Anyway, <laughs> shouting out all the water brands here. I do think um, it was an amazing fight. Uh, they said Justin Gaethje won the first round based on the scorecards, but it looked like it was pretty even. But Khabib just absolutely dominated. He got him in, in like a nice little triangle at the end of it. Yeah. So, in terms of Khabib, I think he's the greatest of all time. Uh, John mm-hmm. Jones is on Twitter because he was pissed off that people weren't giving him credit. John Jones, I think you're one of the greatest. What a whiny baby. He is whiny. but I Get back get in the octagon then and improve it then. I do get where he's coming from, though, because no one likes to give him any credit. But if you look at Khabib, all right, and I'm not trying to throw John Jones under the bus here. Best pound, per, best pound per pound, in my opinion. The only argument you could really make against him is that he's only fought like four really good opponents. And then other mm. than that, he's just been undefeated. He's only 13-0 in the UFC. Really fought like six or seven top or like eight top ranked guys, which is still impressive. But John Jones yeah. has been doing it for years. But the only argument that I will give Khabib and why I think he's the greatest of all time is because it's not look at you look at John Jones and you look at Khabib, right? Two completely different people in and outside the octagon. Like Khabib, mm-hmm. in terms of the octagon, just dominates. There's no one that's even been close to beating him. In terms of scoring, there's only been two official rounds that Khabib's lost in all of his fights, which is actually that's in- freaking crazy. Yeah, so that's nuts. And then you look at how he does it; he just dominates. No one even comes close. He's never even came close to losing a fight before. Mm-hmm. I remember once I was watching; it was Dustin Poirier. He got him in a choke, and it looked like it was it, and Khabib just slipped out of it. So, <laughs> in terms of in the octagon, he's way more dominant than anyone's ever been. And then out of the octagon, he's the most humble human being you yeah. ever watch. And you know what, John Jones? Like I do respect what you've done, but you are not humble whatsoever. You haven't conducted yourself like a professional. Definitely you know, not. There's literally no controversy to Khabib. Like, that's what you want to do. You want to retire out on top. With John Jones, you could say maybe Dominic Gray has beat him. You could say maybe Tiago Santos beat him. You could say that first fight against Gustafson he might have lost. Like, there's so many what-ifs with him. Also, if he never did all those drugs, was he on steroids? There's so much if with him. Yeah, It's just with there's him. never in doubt for Khabib. Yeah. I completely agree with you there. I mean – Nothing but respect. I really, I mean, I'm. I was actually thinking about this when we were doing this episode, and I was going to get on on a personal level. I didn't go for it, do baby. This. But the fact that um, we're getting all controversial here on TTL. No, 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 not even controversial. Like you're going to see what you're not going to expect where I go with this. But um, 
the fact that I know I really because I hated Khabib because I was such a big Connor fan. But after losing his dad, right? And like I again, I don't want to get too personal on the show. It's something that I could relate to. I think it made me find a new respect for him because the way that he really like he carried himself about it. And I don't blame him for retiring. Like I people are like, will he come back? You know how the sport is. Like maybe it starts calling again. Maybe I, I think he might come back, maybe fight GSP, but like realistically i can't see him coming out of retirement because of how yeah. much like his father had such an impact on him and it's just a cherry on top to a cinderella story like that's what i, I mean I, I really have found this new respect for him that i i hated to because he was like my favorite fighter's biggest rival but he's turned into mm-hmm. one of my favorite fighters overnight he is it's a it was honestly like an honor watching this dude perform not to be not to be that guy not to be the michael k of this show <laughs> but um I kind of want to trend. That was beautiful, by the way. Yeah. And I know that that hits you on a personal level. Yes, so yes, yes. before we get too personal, I think we should just transition the energy a little bit more towards uh, talking about more of Gaethje now uh-huh. and the the direction of the lightweight division. Great transition too, Peter. You've been killing the transition game today. Um, I I just think so. Uh, uh, Gaethje already said after the fight, like Connor and Dustin isn't official yet. Connor, if you want to back out of that and fight me for the title, we could do it. And Connor already tweeted back at him and was like, Dustin KO'd you, whatever. Connor's just being petty because Connor was, was always- say, he's so petty. <laughs> oh my God. Connor was just going to fight Gaethje had like once he had the interim belt. So yeah, Connor just wants what he wants. All right. Long story short, I think this is what's going to happen. There's only th- two real options here. I saw a long list, but this is what I think is going to happen. The UFC could either do this. It could be Dustin and Connor for the interim belt, which makes 100% sense. Yeah, Not the interim belt, the vacant title. So winner gets the title, which makes sense. But there's going to be those people that be like, oh, Connor hasn't fought a top-ranked opponent in five or four years. So why is he getting a title shot already? Which is a legit question. So let me just ask you a question before you get too far into that. So like... So we're just discrediting. I know that he that Gaethje did kick the crap out of him, but we're just discrediting guys like Ferguson, Dan Hooker, that. like guys like that. Like, so, so that's what I'm saying. So that's your first option. You do Connor him. Then if you're gonna do that Connor Ferguson, uh, excuse me, Connor Poirier fight in January for the vacant title, you then have Tony fight michael chandler this is this new kid that everyone's talking about <laughs> what did you say what did you say what did you say the tweet said yesterday about michael chandler oh that he's a poor man he's he's ally quinta without his real estate license <laughs> <laughs> that was the best tweet i've ever seen but michael chandler's this new dude from bellator where everyone's hyping up kind of reminds me of the whole ben asker thing and he's in the lightweight division so i say they book that if they do that so it would be tony versus michael chandler um Khabib versus uh, excuse me uh Poirier versus McGregor all right they could either do a winner versus winner they could do Connor for the belt I don't know the 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 big thing is why I don't think Connor's gonna get the title shot and this is my prediction and then I want to hear you chime in on it I don't think Connor's gonna get the title shot just because the company I genuinely believe Dana White is fed up with him like they know how he is he doesn't even seem interested. When they asked him at the press conference, he's like, I don't know what we're going to do with the division. And the fact of the matter is that they give Connor a title shot, and he probably will beat Poirier. Like, that's most likely what's going to happen. It'll be a cakewalk to the title for Connor, for someone he's already yeah. beat. And if he takes it seriously, he's going to beat Poirier. Connor doesn't then holds like a stock in the company, and that's exactly what Dana White doesn't want. Like, he doesn't oh, want yeah. Connor to even have a say in what happens. 
So I don't know. I just, I just, I think it makes sense. And I'm kind of excited to see Connor fight for the title again, but at mm -hmm. the same time, I genuinely do have a gut feeling that the UFC is not going to book this fight. Yeah. I feel like since it's so weird, but I feel like since like, you know, uh, quarantine started and all that kind of stuff, I feel like the UFC, I just feel like every like pay-per-view or anything like that from fight Island, Yaz Island, anything like that has been circled around this division, even though there has been a couple other main events and stuff like that. I feel like this has been since this started since, you know, COVID and everything. This has been the most talked about division. I think it's kind of going to take a little bit of a break because Dana even seems like you said, he kind of seems like just fed up with like all the talk and all that kind of stuff about this division. So I think the last like big fight that we see from this, if it's, if it's booked is Poirier and McGregor. And then we just kind of forget about it a lot for a little while. Cause you haven't heard much from Ferguson really. And then Gaethje's probably going to take a little bit of time off. You know what I mean? So I think you're right and you're wrong. I think you're wrong with, uh, I think J Justin has a quick turnaround. Cause if you think about it, he didn't really get his ass beat that bad. It was only around mm. and he got choked out and he did make a great point, which a lot of people don't talk about. Um, when you get choked out, you don't feel anything like you literally it's mm -hmm. like you, it's better than getting knocked out. Yeah, but no. who's he going to fight then? I don't know. That's the issue. I don't know. That's what, what I'm saying. Do. That's why I feel like he takes a little bit of just a little bit of time it, to kind of regroup. Happen. I think Tony, though, is definitely going to fight soon. But the problem with Tony now is that he took so much damage in that Justin <sighs> Gaethje fight. Like, at, like, I don't know. Like, he he might be seriously messed up. And I think that's going to take a toll on him, which is something yeah. that could be said about not wanting to fight Tony ever again. He said he took so much damage. I don't even want to fight this guy anymore. He did take a lot of damage. That was like one of the most thorough beatings I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to Tony because his face took so much punishment and he was. He didn't quit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something that people don't talk about a lot. Like for some fighters, you think like, oh, it'll be a quick turnaround. But I mean, Ferguson's going to have real trouble. I think that really impacted him on his mm -hmm. career. Like that Absolutely. was a beating. So yeah, we'll see where that Michael Chandler fits into it. Maybe this is, I'm going to play Dana away real quick. If I'm the UFC, I book Connor Poirier for the title. I just, you get so much money off that. Mm -hmm. And then you book Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson. Uh, I think Michael Chandler gets absolutely destroyed, but if winner of that fights, Justin Gaethje, and give him sand winner of that, <laughs> give him sand. And then the winner of that, I guess fights Connor, but listen, if they give Connor a title shot, this dude finessed his way into getting the belt. Seriously. Back. Jesus Christ. Um, real quick. I just want to say, um, we're going to take a little bit of a short break here, but right after this break, we got coming up the uh, NFL recap. So um, if you want to stick around for a couple minutes, we'll be right back with you. I'm actually kind of pissed looking back at it that we started with the UFC now because I'm already like coming with the fire energy for this segment. This has been such a bad week for us. The NFL, I feel like talk about I lost like the house, but long story short, I'm moving out of my apartment soon. So I, I have to sell the lease because Cowboys <laughs> lost today. No, I'm kidding. But I, I mean, it was just an abysmal week. It was bad. So if you guys didn't already know, this is the NFL recap for week seven. Some of the games are still currently being played because it's Sunday at 723 for the time we're recording this. But for the most part, everything's kind of concluded. Like the games that are still going on are a complete blowout. So we're going to recap. And uh, I have the list right here if you'd like me to start. Oh, I love it. Go for it, baby. All right. So we got Eagles Giants. Um, uh, I mean, this obviously happened on Thursday night. Eagles won by 122 to 21. I predicted the Eagles to win. I had them covering the spread. They didn't cover the spread, so that was what uh, started this week off horribly. 
I was I started this week off okay because I won. I won 125 bucks on this game. So my thing is, I don't understand why everyone everyone's coming out of the woodworks here saying the New York Giants are going to win the division. Okay. Oh my god, I hate that talk. Yeah. I just oh. they suck. They absolutely <laughs> suck. Okay, not to mention the the football team and the Cowboys are actually worse. But the Eagles are the clear favorite here. You know, I don't see yeah. any reason why they wouldn't win the division. Especially after I know we'll get into this in a little while, but especially after the showing that the Cowboys had today. Uh, 100%, it's the Eagles' division to lose, in my opinion. And you know what? Honestly, the Washington football team, if they can get consistent quarterback play from whoever's going to be under center, might have a shot, too. No, you said it literally like I couldn't have said it better. That's why I'm, I'm speechless because that division's so awful. I do think, yeah. though, um, Kyle Allen looked good today, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. But in terms of all four teams, and the only reason we talk about the NFC is because these two teams obviously play in it. I would say the Eagles are the clear favorite to win. Yeah. Even though they barely squeaked this one out, they're they had the best quarterback in the division, and that goes a long way in this NFL. When Dak went down, there was no question in my mind that Philly was going to win. So yeah, um, not a surprise there. They have eight consecutive wins versus the Giants. So just yeah. to add that. All right, uh, let's move on to the Sunday games. It's uh, a little bit out in order, but the Lions and the Falcons. The Lions ended up beating the Falcons twenty three to twenty one. Yeah. I'm all I gotta all I gotta say is Arthur. Every time Arthur Blank comes down from his like luxury box to to get onto the field, Atlanta always chokes. Yeah, I, this I mean, is oh, not much God. to add here, but Matt Patricia is really trying to save his job, and also the Lions Falcons, are playing pretty good ball actually. That's why I'm saying I'm surprised at three and three. <laughs> The Falcons continue to suck. Um, I mean, a little bit better than with Dan Quinn, but obviously they're still choking and they're not good enough to close. I do want to mention this dude, T. Hawkinson. Did I say that right? T. Hawkinson? T.J. Hawkinson. Yes. Um, You confused me there for a second. I thought you were going to say T. Higgins for a second. T and they didn't give me the J. Yeah, TJ oh, Hawkinson. Yeah. Thank you. He was their first round tight end from last year. Yeah, well, he's cooking. He's had one receiving touchdown in the last three games. So yeah. um good for Detroit. I actually think they're a couple key players away. If they build that defense, maybe they'll actually have a shot. It, they've always had, you know what? Th- their biggest stop problem... blaming Matthew Stafford. Okay. Stop yeah, doing please. it. Yes. Peter thank you. Has been a very big advocate for that too. But I, I think he's a good quarterback. Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr are my two guys that everyone hates on that I don't agree with at all. I still hate Derek Carr, but which is so unwarranted, <laughs> but we'll, maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. But I always thought to myself, like up until last year, if you remember, um, the Lions didn't have a hundred yard rusher in a game since Reggie Bush did it on Thanksgiving in like 2013, which is like a ridiculously long streak. It was like a hundred something games, but like their run game is always trash. As long as I can remember, like since Barry Sanders, their, their run game has been awful. (laughs) So, so like, you know, they're like one good running back and like one sound defense away. They don't even have to be good because they can definitely score enough points on any defense. I think Matthew Stafford's that good. Like, I, I'm not going to say that good, but you know what I mean? Like, he's good enough to score on any defense. They have TJ Hawkinson. They have Marvin Jones when he's healthy. They have Kenny Galladay. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just a couple – you're absolutely right. They're a couple good pieces away, and it's just – after today's loss, it's time to tear it down in Atlanta. It's yeah. too many big contracts. You know what I'm saying? They just paid Grady Jarrett, too. I'm pretty sure they just like, yeah, Julio's on a huge extension, like – you know what I'm saying? It's time for Matt Ryan to go. You might see them trade a couple other guys. And Deion Jones might go too. But the problem is that they're in such a weird a weird spot in comparison to like some other teams that are rebuilding because a ton of talent's there, so they could move it. 
They just need to restart. They got to blow. They it just up. need the cap space too. Yeah. They oh, they draft well. They really do. Besides for Tack McKinley in like 2016, they draft fairly well. Some teams that need some offensive pieces look out for Atlanta and the trade deadline because they'll probably look yeah. at moving a couple people. So imagine watching a Calvin Ridley trade to a contender. How insane would that be? That would be crazy. I don't. I'm not saying that will happen, but. I don't even know how much he's making, but someone would probably be willing to make. He's still on his rookie contract, so even better. So, watch out for that. They can get a couple, probably a first round for Ridley, honestly. Probably. So let's look out. Um, next game, Cleveland Bengals. You could react more to this because you watch it because you had it. I didn't take it, but I will say this: Baker Mayfield had a career high five touchdown passes, but the stats don't speak for themselves although oh my god although, come on you gotta give baker credit at least once <laughs> I was at least once <laughs> like all right first half he played like absolute shit i will give him the fact that he came back and completed like 18 was it more i think it was 18 it was like 22 passes in a row or something like that passes like that's something yes it's against cincinnati yes they're they shouldn't have even been that close with them but, and you know what? That's a Cincinnati defense that held Lamar Jackson in check. So it's not as bad as we think it exactly. is. Exactly. And to be fair, he did look really good without Odell in the second half. Mm-hmm. So I do shout out Baker. It was a great bounce back win for them after they lost to Pittsburgh. It was a great game in general. It was a great game. And listen, let's talk about the Bengals a little bit. Joe Burrow Wait, is a good quarterback. I, you, need, you need to pause. You just need to pause. I have to take this. Oh, yeah, I have ahead. to take Joe Burrow. <laughs> All right, Peter would like to talk about Big Dick Joe. Listen. All I got to say is he's a good quarterback. Oh, yeah, shout out you. You got the – I don't know if you guys saw on, on the uh, Take This Hell Sports Instagram, but Peter was rocking the BDJ, <laughs> the, the T-shirt jersey. I literally pulled up – I didn't even know you owned that. That was so sick. <laughs> yeah, shout out Alex Ubertini for the uh, for the lovely birthday present. He knows I love uh, BDJ. But – um. No, honestly, I think today definitely solidified the fact that Joe is a legitimate. Uh, I'm, he's not top 10 yet, but I might even go as far as next year he'll be a top 10 quarterback. I think Joe has it, We're in the and I think, I think that they just need to build around him. I mean, wide receiver, like weapons-wise, he's got it. You know what I'm saying? Offensive line and defense. They're an offensive line and, and, and a defense away from being, like, contending. And I'm not talking about contending for, like, the playoffs or anything, but, like, respectable. They've looked respectable with jo- with just the addition of Joe and T. Higgins, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you add a couple of good defensive pieces in there. You got a team that, that could make a little noise in that really crowded division up top. There's some players in the NFL, and I'm going to talk more about this when we get to the Bucks game, but similar to Tom Brady that just know how to win. And I think that might be an over uh, – over like, and people don't take that characteristic as seriously as they should be. I think Joe Burrow has it. I know they're 1-5-1, and one, tied a game, lost 5-1-1, one, one, but you could just tell that every game's been pretty close in Cincy yeah. you know, if you pay attention. And their team's not very good. Like you just said, they just really added um, T. Higgins and Burrow. So I think Joe Burrow has it. I think um, he just knows how to win. And you're right. If they actually do the right thing and not jets it up and build a team around them, then they will, and he'll yeah. succeed. Absolutely. And just a, a quick thing about Baker too. Shout out Chris McNeil. Um, <laughs> um, I think Baker played awesome today. I, I got to give, I'm a big, I know you're a big critic of Baker and, and so am I. I even, you know, what's funny. I said to my dad at halftime, I was like, I think this is, 
Baker's less hurrah this year. If he doesn't improve, like if, if the Browns keep winning and he doesn't improve, they're going to look elsewhere very soon. And as soon as I said that the man threw for 22 straight completions and like five touchdowns, but I don't know if he heard me. I don't know if he said, you know, F you, like, this is what I think of what you just said, but he definitely showed something in the second half. And honestly, like you said, that was a great point that you like subtly brought up. He looked a lot better without Odell Beckham in the lineup, which is weird. I think he has dating back to his rookie season. If you think though, Rashad Higgins has been pushed down the depth chart. I also want to say something though, that, uh, and go ahead, actually finish your sentence. Rashad Higgins has been pushed down the depth chart. You know, it's obviously Odell Beckham coming and Jarvis Landry coming and all that kind of stuff. But like, he had a great game. He five catches, 80 yards. He came up with the clutchest catch of the day with that ridiculous leaping grab. You know, like he, I think he fits with Baker, but just some players, it doesn't matter how big of a superstar you are. I agree with you. I think Rashad Higgins fits better with Baker than Odell does, because I honestly feel like the type of personality and the type of superstar that Odell is, Baker kind of gets worried. Hey, I'm not throwing the ball to him enough. And I think he forces the ball to him. That's why I wanted you to finish. Oh, that was great. Yeah, because I think I think the exact same thing as you. I think there might be two pressure that Cleveland's putting on Baker to get the ball to players like Jarvis and mm-hmm. um, Odell, Odell and- just to keep him quiet. Not so much Jarvis because he's always he's always an integral part of that offense. I feel like. Yeah, but I I, I mean, you might be right though with that um, that Higgins works out better for him, and I just think thinking about it like. I don't think it's Odell. I just think they put too much pressure on them to get the ball to him. Yeah, Because if you look at it, like they're always like not in sync. Like if you look at the stats, like the deeper stats, it'll be like, Oh, Odell three catches 39 yards, but it's like, he had 11 targets. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like the ball is forced to him all the time. He's got to find a new home. I mean, he does. I I absolutely do. I really feel bad. I think he's out for the year. They were saying, I know. I really hope that like we get good news from that MRI, but it's not looking good. He's had a really shitty career since he's left New York though. And like people don't realize that the year before he left New York, when he played in New York, I'm saying his last season in New York, uh, it wasn't really that good. Uh, It was very similar to the first year he had in Cleveland, but Mm -hmm. since then he hasn't been playing well. So I I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but he obviously has, it's just, I don't want him to be a bounce around wide receiver like Antonio yeah. Brown. I don't want that to happen. To him, yeah, but... neither do I. Too talented for that. We'll see what happens with Odell. Yes, sir. Prayers up to him. And um, next game was Green Bay and Houston. Honestly, not much, not much to say here. I was going to say, I'm very happy for the Packers. They got a nice little bounce back game. They won 35-20. Uh, Green Bay is 6-0 all-time against Houston. In Houston. Jesus mm. Christ. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. And um, Can't even blame Bill O'Brien for all those losses. I know. Because this one wasn't. No, I'm just saying even even most of the other ones. I know it's just so brutal, but they move <laughs> on to five and one Green Bay, and yeah, I think I've, they're legit. And uh, I've noticed oh, a trend with Green Bay. To say, by the way, go ahead, go ahead. This goes into my conversation that we have for the Cowboy game because I know we're gonna have a rant since they both fucked us. But you look at how bad Mike McCarthy is now, right? Let me Ugh. take you. Let me take you to Dallas real quick. We're we're flying it real quick. Just listen. <laughs> let hear this. So Jason Garrett figured out how to make the Cowboys uh, go to the playoffs. Yes, they'd get eliminated in the first round. Yes, he's a horrible play caller. But at least Jason Garrett had the culture in the locker room in check and people actually wanting to show up to work and play for him. So you take a look at Mike McCarthy. This is what gets into my Green Bay point. And how Aaron Rodgers played so well for a man like that for so long. Correct me if I'm wrong. He won a Super Bowl, correct? Yeah. So Somehow. 
what does that tell you about Aaron Rodgers? Under LaFleur, even last year when both of us said he was shitty, he kept telling, saying, no, I'm not shitty. I still got it. And he played phenomenal. In these last yeah. few seasons, Peter, he has played phenomenally. So what does that tell you? What would Aaron Rodgers have been if he's played with someone other than Mike McCarthy for the last, like, I don't know, however long? Yeah. I also think I'm not saying you're, you're definitely right about that. I think Mike McCarthy is just a product of the players that have been put around him. But at the same time, like Green Bay is a very careful organization. Green Bay, you never see them spending really, really that big in free agency and all that kind of stuff, regardless of the players that they have, like Aaron Rodgers. If they were as unmitigated with their spending as other teams, we could easily be talking about Rodgers having six Super Bowl rings right now instead of just one. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm not putting all the blame on the Green Bay owners and the Green Bay upper management, but, you know, poor coaching with Mike McCarthy and also the reluctancy to spend hampers your ability to win, regardless of how good you are. And I honestly think throughout his entire tenure, besides from maybe his first few years when he had like Jermichael Finley, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, you know what I'm saying? Jordy Nelson, like guys like that. He has made that team what it is. If, if Aaron Rodgers left when all those guys left, this team would be the bottom of the division. No, no question about it. Aaron, that's why Aaron Rodgers is that dude. But he just literally has Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And that's really it. Like, bro, what team can you stick Robert Tanyan on? And he's a legitimate tight end threat. Yeah. I think the only other team that you could stick him on that he'll be a legitimate tight end threat is New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Green Bay is a product. You know how some people say like Tom Brady is a product of New England. Green Bay is a product of Aaron Rodgers. And what I want to say, which just ties into the point that I wanted to make about this game. It's becoming a trend. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well, Green Bay loses and Green Bay loses by a lot when Aaron Rodgers doesn't play because they have no one else to step up. You can't, you know, as good of a running back as Aaron Jones is for some reason, they just never like want to feed him the ball. If you've noticed that, like he only gets like 15 to 17 touches a game and like he makes like 300 yards out of it somehow. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like it's literally Aaron, Aaron Rodgers or nothing. It's like, like last week, Aaron Rodgers did not play well and they got embarrassed by, by the Buccaneers. Yeah. Who, who lost to teams that aren't really that good. So what does that tell you about the Packers? I don't know. That's it's that's what I'm saying. But um, on on the Houston end, it just becomes a little bit more of a mess. JJ Watt's probably a little bit more unsettled as it is. Deshaun Watson's probably still regretting that contract extension. There's really not much I want to say on that side. Romeo Cornell is not a head coach in the NFL. He's a good de- defensive coordinator, and that's about it. I mean, beggars can't be choosers, also. But that's very true. Very true. I do think Green Bay's legit, and we'll move on to the next one. Shout out Aaron Rodgers. I did hear though that he's a piece of shit. I... All right, we're well, moving on. That doesn't well, have to do with anything that we're talking sources, about. I heard that Aaron Rodgers is a horrible. We'll talk to Danica Patrick about that when she joins <laughs> the show. Uh, Saints Panthers. Um, I'm honestly going to be quick with this one. Um, Saints win 27-24. That New Orleans have won the last six of seven versus Carolina. I'm not even going to talk about the Saints. Congratulations to them. They actually are trying to. Looks like they're shaping things Our up. boy. I don't know if Mike Thomas I know who you're going to talk or about. Not. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Yes, they lost by three today, but the future is very bright, Panthers fans. You guys have an amazing, amazing coaching staff. If Teddy Bridgewater is making this team look good, imagine what whoever else ends up playing behind 
Matt Rule. So, because I don't think Teddy's the long-term answer, even though he's playing. No, he's good. not. He's a he's a no pun intended. He's a bridge quarterback. Yeah. So shout out Matt Rule. Panthers are great. I'll let yeah. you take the take the stand. Yeah. On the New Orleans side of the ball, it's business as usual. You know what I'm saying? You're going to score points. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to get 98 touches. You know what I'm saying? Drew Brees is going to throw the ball six yards down the field because that's what he's become. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Business as usual. They're going to score points. You know, you know, they're going to be, they're going to play pretty decent defensively. Um, I thought that this game was going to be a route from the beginning. It was, I think it was like 14, nothing after the first like seven minutes of the game. And I just kind of turned it off and I was like, yeah, all right. Like it's not like Carolina's day. And then I saw that they tied it up at 24 and I was like, oh, wow. Like it's just, the proof is in the pudding with the coaching staff. You laminated it the best. Like, you know, I don't even have to go into it. Uh, uh, you know. DJ Moore was so open, like the entire game. Yeah. Like, like that shit is not just, players like that's yeah, coaching exactly that's, a, that's oh my god i'm so pissed as i mean we'll get into the jet game literally next but like and um no yeah just getting into it like like you said the future is definitely bright you guys have literally nothing to worry about as long as you give him the pieces he will build you like the eiffel tower like he did with temple like he did with baylor you know what i'm saying he's gonna do that in carolina there are just guys that you know are good coaches and matt rule is one of them all right, we'll move on. I don't really have much else to say. Next couple of games are actually really fun. So, Bills Jets, eighteen ten. Buffalo ends up taking it. Just for the record, that eighteen is all points scored on field goals. The Jets are zero and seven for the second time in franchise history. The other time was in nineteen ninety six. The Jets have yet to fire coach Adam Gase. Sam Darnold had an amazing first half and then looked like absolute shit in the second half. Uh, Josh Allen is starting to show signs of why people didn't like him. He's same mm-hmm. Josh Allen of the old. And um, all I really have to react to any of that is I personally think this is the best thing for the Jets to keep losing. Go 0-16, hopefully. You draft Trevor Lawrence. You bring in a new head coach, which um, we'll get into later in the show because Peter broke down a fire Trevor Lawrence thing. But you draft – whether it's Trevor Lawrence or not, you draft a QB, you bring him in with a, a new head no, coach. I disagree with you on that. I think it's Trevor Lawrence or nothing for the Jets. I think if they don't if they don't somehow wind up with the number one overall pick, they're rolling with Sam Darnold for at least another year or two. Which could very because, well be true. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I actually do see that point of it, but I think their best – I think – the enemies there out there after this year probably can't. He wants a head coaching job. He's done wonders in KC, which is the next game. It's not him about. playing the call, playing play calling, though. No. Which is something that you've mentioned. Um, but I think he's definitely. I mean, the Jets are desperate at this but point. <laughs> to to slightly agree with you, or to add some some points to what you say, what you're saying. If you look at probably honestly the two best coaches in the NFL are Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yes. 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 If you look at the Bill Belichick coaching tree, no good. If you look at the Andy Reid coaching tree, good. You know what I mean? Like you got guys like Doug Peterson that have come from that too, that have won Super Bowls, stuff like that. So honestly, if we were to go with someone, I would, I would anyone other than Adam Gase, but um, yeah, be enemy. I personally, me, I want, either Arthur Smith, or if you're going to go the young route, I want Matt Campbell from Iowa state, but that's just me. Um, I wouldn't be mad with any of those three or even someone else like Todd Munkin, like the offensive coordinator from Georgia, someone like that, you know, honestly, anyone, anyone that poses a better face than Adam Gase, but that rhymed. And I did not intend for that to rhyme, <laughs> but um, the reason he's not gone also is because I think the Jets are hundred percent satisfied on the fact with going zero and sixteen. Yeah, which just shows me though that this is Joe Douglas's plan. So you got to yeah. trust in that man. Yeah, 
But what I want to say today, if we're talking about today's, you know, no speculation, or if we're talking about today's game, I want to say that the Jets defense played very well. Greg Williams did as much as he possibly could. I mean, holding that potent Bills offense, which have been potent so far this year, to no touchdowns is a feat all of its own. And for a defense like the Jets to do something like that is a feat on top of a feat. So it definitely wasn't the defensive side of the ball today. That's for sure. Quentin Williams played a great game today. I don't know if you, he was all over the field. I feel like every time there was a tackle being made, he was there. Um, uh, he's getting better with every game. Good man. And um, not even just Q. I also want to talk about John Franklin Myers, Bryce yeah. Huff. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of, that is one thing I've mentioned this to you before. And I think you can agree with me. The jets do a terrible uh, job drafting, but they sign a lot of really good undrafted free agents, yeah. which makes no sense to me. Robbie Anderson, Damon Harrison, to name a couple, Wayne Corbett. You know what I mean? Just like it's going way back. But um, on the Bills side of the ball, they should be ashamed of themselves. They are regressing like nobody's business on the offensive side of the ball. They should. There was no reason why they shouldn't have put up 50 on the Jets today. So all I'm going to say is Josh Allen, like you said, he's looking like that dude that we thought he was. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if we want to break down, if you want to break down the numbers, Sam Darnold looked like the inferior quarterback. But there were about three or four passes that Josh Allen threw that could have easily been intercepted that weren't. So the 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 stats aren't don't tell the entire story. Sam Darnold played much better than the stats. You know, look the second interception that he threw, Jerry Hughes literally wasn't even looking towards the quarterback. He stuck his hands out and the ball fell into his hands. Darnold had no time to throw the ball in the second half. The Jets had four yards the entire second half. That must be some kind of record. I've, I haven't looked it up, but uh, I kind of hope it's a record because that's just an embarrassing record that the Jets honestly deserve to have. But um, positives from it, the Jets look good on the defensive side of the ball. The Bills smothered the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. Both offenses look freaking horrendous. Yeah, uh, we pretty much just slap, slap the Jets all around. So I'm not even going to say much other than Michael P. Ryan actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Denzel Mims actually looks pretty good. Obviously, uh, why am I forgetting this dude's name? Makai Becton actually looks like a very good tackle in this yeah. league, despite getting beat on a couple of plays and having some stupid penalties. But he's still young. He looks very good. And then mm-hmm. who's the other one? Whatever. There's another pick that looks really good. So Joe Douglas, I Braden mean, man. Yeah. Oh, shout MVP. out Braden man. MVP. <laughs> yeah. So shout out the Jets. I mean, we suck, but I actually do think the future is bright, even though I say that every year. So. We'll see what happens. Cowboys, Washington. Um, wow. We just went on a tandem and I guess we have another tandem to go on. All I'm going to say is how fucking bad are you, Mike McCarthy? I mean, Jesus Christ, you put up like nine points. If I'm correct in the last two weeks. I mean, you didn't score a touchdown. It yeah. is brutal over there. I am such an idiot for even taking that team. I'm on that train with you as well. Uh, if I chose... Everyone, by the way, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Everyone I looked up said take Washington. Everyone. I was like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Deion I would have won yeah, Leon Sandcastle. <laughs> but uh, I would have won 900 bucks if I picked the right team. So I'm sad about that. I had a five-team parlay. Nailed all the other four picks. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, uh, screwed me where the sun doesn't shine. Um, but getting into the game, the, the Dallas was just defeated before the game even started. I mean, Andy Dalton, <laughs> we went from saying how much of an amazing signing that that was to being like, Jesus Christ, Andy Dalton is 
horrendous. And, and he's I, really bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's really bad. He's looked very, very bad. Mike McCarthy just looks like that type of guy that kind of walks in. I, I think he's been spoiled his entire coaching career. He walked into Dallas. I have all the pieces in front of me. You know what I mean? I got Dak. I got Zeke. I got Michael Gallup. Amari Cooper. I got CD Lamb. I got one of the best offensive lines in football. And he didn't know, you know what I'm saying? He didn't know what to do. Once a lot of those guys got injured, he had no answers. He's not prepared. The players even say it. The practices are awful. The coaching staff is very cocky and they're not prepared. So you know what? Like you get exactly what you deserve. And you know what? I might even, I, I, I might sound like a fool for saying this, but honestly, I'd the way that it looks right now, I'd rather have Adam Gase than Mike McCarthy because it's, at least, Mike, at least Adam Gase wants to win. It seems like, like that, like yeah, Mike least, McCarthy could give a crap less if he wins or not. It seems yeah, like that's why I, I know it sounds crazy saying that, but at least Gase like actually tries. Like the fact that Gase gave a play calling today just shows you that he kind of just wants to win. So like, well, what did he like? I don't know if you noticed it, but I did. Like every time they showed him on the sideline, he was doing nothing. So like, what was he doing? He was literally just standing there like this, like chewing gum with his arms crossed. So well, like, what does he Adam do? Gase point is mike i think mike <laughs> is much worse than him no mike mccarthy looks terrible um on the wash on the washington football team side of the ball say, shout out chase young he's a fucking monster chase young is a mon- oh my god shout out manny jacuba because yeah. this team honestly bro Antonio he called it from the jump antonio gibson looks like a really really decent running back in this league terry mclaurin is a clear number one you know what I mean? Like their defensive front is just crazy. I watched that game because like, I took Dallas and t- Terry got into like a beef with the corner before he scored that. Yeah, and then he touchdown. ripped them for yeah. a fifty-yard touchdown, which was awesome. I have Terry. Sorry, shout out Scary Terry. I have him on my fantasy team. Um, but now they, if you look at it from a whole, in my opinion, the Washington Football Team not only look like they have the most potential in the NFC East. But I think that they have played the best so far. If you take all seven games or six, however many they played as a whole, they look the best out of every team. Yeah, I agree. And it's crazy to say that. <laughs> it's crazy to say that about a two and five team, right? Yeah. So horrible division and just disgusting game from Dallas. They're a disgusting team. Um, the next game we got Kansas City. They won 10 straight against Denver. They ended up destroying them 43 to 16 yeah i'm not gonna lie i didn't even dabble in this it was gonna be the game it was snowing in denver uh you knew it was gonna be a sloppy game there wasn't much passing it was a lot of running a lot of sloppy fumbles uh defensive touchdowns a lot of field goals um i don't know the only point that i have to say about this is shout out chad henney he had a rushing touchdown at the end of the game so that's all i'm gonna say about that yeah and um I think Kansas City's going to win the Super Bowl again. That's all I got to say. Um, San Fran, New England. Uh, um, once again, I... Uh, no, I actually got a tiny bit to say. I'm pissed off because they fucked me too, but that's... Cam is not... Something. Cam has Sucks, regressed yeah, and, a lot. Oh God, I think Belichick's done with that. Um, Jimmy G still looking like a system quarterback. How is it that your team wins like 40 to nine and like you throw for like 260 yards and like two picks? That's what I'm saying. Like, bro, like, look at this, like Jeff Wilson out of all running backs that they have, Jeff Wilson ran for three touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like you look at the games that he's played against, like he didn't play against the Giants, but he played a little bit. Shanahan can, can make 
lemons out of i mean i was gonna say i was gonna say he could make lemonade out of limes but i it came out as lemons so you get what i mean now but yes. like you, you could just give him any pieces and he'll make do with what he's got and that's prevalent but imagine him with like we'll get to this in a little bit a little foreshadowing can you imagine what he could do with someone like aaron Rodgers? yeah i know that would be nuts i just think Jimmy G sucks dick. I hate watching him succeed because he's not good. And I really, Very diplomatic, Matthew. <laughs> and I don't like um, Cam Newton. I think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I'm oh, my so... God. I get we both lost money on that, too. But my goodness. <laughs> no, no, Cam Newton's really not good. Like, he's really nah, yeah, not. He looks really bad, yeah. So, I'm, that's all me. They go to two and four. So, let's move on. Bucks, Raiders, um, blowout from Tom Lady. Um, 45. First of all, Barry McCogner was sick after he threw that beauty of a touchdown. He literally tweeted, wow, nice job against the worst defense in the league, which isn't true, by the way. And also, <laughs> um, Tom Brady looks fucking good, yo. And to add insult to injury, the Pats lost today. So I yeah. am all for Tom Brady doing good. I was telling this to my mom before. Yeah, that's right. I talk football with my mom. Yeah. Everyone's jealous that they I got a football mom. But um, I was talking to my mom before we were watching the game and I was like, you know what? I love the fact that Tom Brady, I hated it from a football standpoint that he's not on the Pats anymore, but I love it now because I could actually watch the games and appreciate him and his, oh, this is going to sound so, and like so bad, but like his greatness, you know what I mean? Like, like I just love watching him play. Like, honestly, I'm kind of sick of seeing the bucks on national television every week, but at the same time, like I love getting the chance to see Tom Brady where I'm not just mad at the fact that he's cooking the jets every time he gets the chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he still looks great. Honestly, he looks way better this year than he, than he did last year. And you could argue, Oh, it's the pieces around him, all that kind of stuff. You know what? Let's see you go out there at 43 years old and do half of what Tom Brady's doing. So that's he's right. I'm goat. on the Tom Brady. I'm officially on the Tom Brady boat. You know what? Tom Brady is going to be the 2042 MVP. And when he's wheeling around on the field in a wheelchair, still throwing touchdown bombs to Antonio Brown, you're all going to come back to this and say, wow, he was right. All right. I went on a little bit of a goofy tangent there. No, but... I agree with everything you said. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. And I actually think when he wins the Super Bowl this year, no, I'm kidding. Oh my goodness. If and <laughs> they win a Super Bowl this year. He's going to retire off into the sunset. And he basically just said a big fuck to you to Belichick. And everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because look at Bel- Belichick struggling over there right now. And Tom is cooking. So, you know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But shout out Tom Lady. Yeah, I don't have much to say on the, the Las Vegas side of the ball. It was a game for a while. At one point, it was it was 24 to 20. God bless you, Matthew. But, um. You know, after uh, Derek Carr had a ball thrown beautifully right into, I don't, I forget, I think it was like Brian Edwards' hands and tipped right off into Anton Winfield Jr.'s hands. And after that, it was just over. Mm-hmm. So um, I still think Oakland looked good. I think they have one of the toughest schedules in football. And if honestly, if they can come out of this season like eight and eight, nine and seven, that's just as good as like 11 and five, 12 and four for a team with a different schedule. I agree with you. They're not a bad team at all. Um, yeah. Steelers, Titans, next game. Good game. Can I say one thing? Yeah, go ahead. You Steeler fans make me sick because you have the dumbest luck in the NFL. They literally have dumb luck all the time. Yeah, the two teams I hate the most are Dallas and Pittsburgh. Like, they have dumb luck. Like, if that game goes into overtime, there's no chance you're winning because you almost blew that big lead that you had. But that was just me being a little salty. But 
uh, two of the better teams in the league. You could tell, like the game did not disappoint at first. It looked like, it looked like Ben uh, was going to run away with that game, but you know, Ryan Tannehill came back and he showed that he is, he is as good as advertised and the game lived up to the hype. And you, (laughs) you might see this game as an AFC championship game. Who knows? Someone told me that today. I think uh, I want to give credit where credit's due. Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the league. Hands down. Like you said, I don't. I think what he does with that offense is is tremendous. I think Pittsburgh is also an incredibly good team. I think it shows you how good they would have been if Ben didn't go down last year. I don't even think it's so much the play of Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's been playing solid. I think it's just him being the leader is what energizes that whole team. Um, and Mike Tomlin knows it. And they just know how to scout talent. I mean, even when AB and Le'Veon left, the two best wide receiver and running back tandem, probably in football at the time, they didn't care. They didn't worry. They literally went out there and were like, all right, go do your thing. And now they have yeah. some of the best receiving course or a bunch of no names, basically, who are now stars in the making. I mm-hmm. mean, it is incredible what Pittsburgh has done to build around Ben Roethlisberger while losing players like Le'Veon Bill and Antonio Brown. No, you're Just absolutely right. Them. I really can't stand them. They've as a Jeff fan, they've done and everyone I meet that's a Steeler fan, I don't really like them. <laughs> so whoever's listening to this and is a Steeler fan, that was a sub to you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but I don't like a lot of Steeler fans just because they're so braggadocious and like they know that they're good. Word. So I mean, but shout out them. They've built a tremendous team over there. So and it's well deserved that six and oh. And they are really the dark horse in this, this mm-hmm. AFC. I agree. Last game, Jacksonville. Unless you had anything to say about the no, I, no. Um, the first thing I was going to say about Jacksonville and the and Chargers Georgia. was this is the end of Minshew mania. Yep. Yeah. They it's suck. the end. But the Chargers look solid. Herbert's very good, but he still has some stuff to work on. But he played. Yeah, he had 417 total yards, four touchdowns. He looked really good today against a kind of hapless Jacksonville defense. But hey, we praised Baker for having five touchdowns against the Bengals. So. We have to praise rookie Justin Herbert for playing very well against Jacksonville. And you know what? That's a deserved win. This team could easily be, what are they? Are they three and three or are they like two and two and four? They could easily be five and one. If they kept the leads in in the games that they played, they could even be six and oh, if you look back, you know, they had, they do blow a lot of leads. They they had leads against Tampa. They had a lead against new Orleans and they had a lead against KC. They could easily be five and one right now. Yeah. So once they get fully healthy, I feel like we say this about the Chargers every year. They're never fully healthy. If they can ever get fully healthy, we might see, I'm not talking about this year, maybe next year, because I feel like this year in that division is already too far gone. Um, but you could probably see a playoff contender, like no doubt, even with second year Justin Herbert, you know, right. like. Mm-hmm. I think Herbert's good. He definitely has a lot to work on though. Mm-hmm. Like you see him make a lot of mistakes in the game. Yeah. But. I mean, they're, they do have a bright future, like you said, if they get everyone healthy. Yeah. So I agree with you. The teams on a bye this week were the Ravens, Dolphins, Vikings, Colts. So uh, week eight is next, obviously. This is week seven. And also there is a game tonight, Seattle and Arizona. We'll give predictions for those right now. And then Seattle. Monday, yeah, I'm taking Seattle <laughs> too. <laughs> Even with Jamal Adams watching from home. And <laughs> I can't wait till this dude comes on the show and we just tell him how much we talk shit about him. And how much we hate him. And then um, Chicago and LA are playing on Monday night, and I would probably take the Rams. Uh, yeah, 
But you know what? I'm going to say the Bears only because every time that I say that the Bears aren't going to win, they win. So uh, I'll say the Bears just for shits and giggles. Um, I have this question that I want to pose to you. I know you're not really big of a college football fan, but my friend Christian brought it up and it's kind of a good point and I kind of want to talk about it. So obviously with Trevor Lawrence being the consensus number one pick and best quarterback prospect, obviously, um, this is a pretty deep quarterback um draft quarterback draft thank you i couldn't think of that word for a second but um (laughs) um yeah it's pretty deep but um there's two guys that stand out to me as the clear number two and three i'm just having a tough time like jumbling them up so um ohio states justin fields and north dakota states trey lance and trey lance first like I'll, i'll talk about trey lance first Rocket of an arm can throw on the run. He he has all the intangibles. You know what I'm saying? Pocket presence, all that kind of stuff. Great accuracy. The only problem is, and we've said this with Jimmy G. We've said this with Carson Wentz. We've said this with Joe Flacco when he came out. He's coming off of a Division One B school in North Dakota State, FCS team. You know, can he do it against the big boys? You know, but. There's just things that you see, like intangibles, that can translate to any game. They said that about Mahomes, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's because he came from an air raid offense where he was throwing 600 yards a game. So, like, you know, that's not a pro. Usually, in, the consensus is in, in college, when you draft someone out of college, you try and get a pro style offense because yeah. most offenses, well, that sounds kind of stupid now that I was going to say it, but most offenses in the NFL are pro style yeah. offenses. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> but, no, um, I, I get you. Yeah, but um, they do run a pro-style offense, if I'm not – don't fully quote me on that at North Dakota State, so that's always a plus. Um, I like Trey Lance. I just don't know how much I like him. And you know what? It's the same thing with me with Justin Fields, too. I'm not really that sold on him. Maybe, you know, we saw him last year. Obviously, he lit it up. I think he only threw one interception the entire year. He had, like, 36 touchdowns and one pick. Worst but, game like, I think they had was against um... – yeah, they had like a tune-up game. This no, it was. I think it was against. Uh, no, they played Illinois. I think this week or something. Talking like about that. last year, the only time I've seen them really play bad, oh. they lost against either Clemson or LSU in mm-hmm. the finals. I don't remember yeah. what it was. But um, no, dude. Um, Justin Fields has it too. He's got the size. He's got the arm. The only thing is, I just don't like Ohio State quarterbacks. I mean, like, look at the track record. You got Dwayne Haskins, and then before that, it was. Cardell Jones and it's JT Barrett. You know what I mean? Like it's guys that is just like, whoa. Um, so I don't really know. You have Terrell Pryor too. Who was a better wide receiver than it's he was funny a quarterback. All these quarterbacks are ter- from Ohio State turned into wide receivers. I was just going to yeah. say. Yeah. So like you don't really know what you're going to get. Like I said, honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what school you come from. If you got it, you got it. So like if I had to choose a number two I would t- take Trey Lance, and that's only because of what I've seen from him. Mm-hmm. But that might change in a couple of weeks because, you know, with obviously the Big Ten finally coming back, you know, they haven't played they, this past weekend. Yesterday was their first their first game of the year, the Big Ten schedule. And, you know, Trey Lance has played a lot more games than Justin Fields. But right now I would take Trey Lance only because I think he has more intangibles than Justin Fields. But, you know, it, it could be a lot closer than we think. And then there could be someone else that comes out of the blue. You know what I mean? We this we you see this every year, dude. You it's know that. These four to five people that are yeah, you, 
you know, who thought Daniel Jones was going to be taken, you know, when he was, there's always surprises, but um, I think Trey Lance is the clear number two. And then you got Justin Fields behind him at three. So I just wanted to add one thing and then we could really move on from this. Cause I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think Trevor Lawrence, just to say, is going to be the real deal. I mean, we haven't seen a quarterback prospect, and I say this almost every year, but he's been the real deal for the last three years. I mean, he's only lost one game in the last three years. Let's put that into perspective. So Mm -hmm. um, I think he's obviously the clear number one, but the real question is Trey Lance or Justin Fields is the number two. I saw Justin Fields play a little bit last year. I watched him this year play. Again, I agree with everything you said. I'm not too sold on Justin Fields because – not make the Ohio State thing, and I just also feel like sometimes quarterback play doesn't translate that way well into the NFL. So when mm-hmm. you're talking about those two, I think uh, Trey Lance does have a better opportunity to succeed than Justin Fields. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. Um, but when you talk about the runoff, I think you're looking at an Andrew Luck to an RG3 in comparison to Trevor Lawrence and mm. Trey Lance slash Justin Fields. Like, okay. it's that big of a drop-off, I think. But you're talking about – well, are you talking about with injury? Because RG3 was arguably right up there with Andrew Luck. Yeah, that one Before year. his injury. And then, well, that he got injured that year. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, there's a, that's the drop-off that you're going to get with those two guys. Okay. Or three guys. I think it's okay. Trevor Lawrence – who's going to be really good. And yeah. then it's ma- like maybe Trey Lance and Joseph Fields could be good, but I think that drop-off is that. Mm, okay. I think I just thought that would be an interesting question to pose there. Yeah, now I have something. We're definitely going to ask that same question probably six months from now. <laughs> I got something wild for you, and I know you saw it because I have the screenshots here, but I want to talk about it and because we didn't even speak about it. So the next thing I wanted to say was, this is, and I quote from my list of little wiener things that I say here, can we see the craziest QB turnover this offseason of all time? And I say that only because our good friends at U Stadium, who shout shout out them, they never responded to us, uh, you know, for this podcast sponsorship, but uh, we digress. Um, I love how raw we are on this show. <laughs> uh, um, they, they posed a pretty good prediction, and it was predicting the 20 20- – the 2023 opening day starters, you know what? And I'm not going to lie. I kind of crapped the bed just now because I thought that this was for next year. So I guess we'll talk about it just because I already started talking about it. But um, this is 2023. I misread it and thought it was 2021. But this is actually pretty interesting. So I love this post. Let's let's look at it. I'm going to read the AFC. Then I'll read the NFC. All right. So you ready? So we'll start in the AFC East. You got Josh Allen at the Bills to a tag of Aloha at the Dolphins, Matt Ryan at the Patriots, Trevor Lawrence at the Jets, then Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Like the most realistic besides Taylor. Yeah. What was the Bills again? I'm sorry. Oh, it was Josh Allen. Yeah, so the most realistic one out of all of those. Because, I mean, actually, I can see Matt Ryan <laughs> going there. Yeah, he seems like a very Bill Belichick-esque quarterback. But go ahead. What was the next division? Uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Big Dick Joe in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't even know how to say that guy in 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 Cleveland. He must be some some prospect. Kadon Slovis. I don't know who that is. But they still have Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, which I disagree with because in three years he'll be old and decrepit by then. But okay, fits into his jersey. <laughs> so then the AFC South, you got Deshaun Watson and his nine hundred million dollars a year. Um, this one hit home. The next one. Oh, I already know which one it is. You got Sam, Sam Darnold. Yeah. 
in Indianapolis. Oh, that and I great. hope, honestly, if he has to go somewhere, I hope it's there because they have the best offensive line in football and he wholeheartedly deserves a, to go to Who's somewhere that has a good offensive line. Hold up. I need to get his name. He's so funny. He's on the Colts offensive line. Oh, uh, Quentin Nelson? Yes. I love Quentin Nelson, bro. Yeah. I love him. He yeah. is such a dope dude. He's a beast, too. Then you get Jaden Daniels. He's another, like, prospect from next year or two years from now, I think, um, and the Jaguars. Then Ryan Tannehill in uh, Tennessee. Then you got Carson Wentz in Denver. Ugh. That's dope. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, in Oakland. I mean, Las Vegas. No, I'm just kidding. Patrick Mahomes in uh, in KC. Derek Carr in Las Vegas. And Justin Herbert in in um, LA. But I think this I was kind of like down. subdued. This is kind of subdued because when mm-hmm. I, I won't say it yet, but once we get to the to the the NFC side, it's wild. It's so wild. I'm looking at it right now and pulling it up, but I think. The, mo- the most unrealistic one, I would really say, would probably it's Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> that, and I don't think Derek Carr is there in three years. Okay, that's fair. I honestly think Roethlisberger and um, Sam Darnold in um, Indianapolis because I feel like the Steelers <laughs> would pull that trigger before Indianapolis would. I think Darnold – yeah, I agree. That's true. I don't – I don't know who Jaden uh, Daniels really is. I think he's a younger prospect, so we don't really know who that is. And same thing with Kadan Slovis. I don't know who that is either. But but if they nailed it, they nailed it. But I do think there's a pretty good list. The only he's, Yeah, it's not bad, honestly. The only two that I really think are going to happen in three years for sure, which I can guarantee you, because I can't even guarantee you two is good, is Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. What about Joe Burrow? Oh, and Joe Burrow. Okay. You want to move over to the uh, NFC? Yeah, I swipe to the right. Yeah, this is ridiculous. All right, so we'll start in the NFC. Uh, <laughs> the NFC East. So you got uh, Dak Pre- right away off the rip, Matthew. I think that this list is shit in the yeah. NFC East because you see Dak, Dak Prescott. Prescott's not even be there next year. That's what I'm saying. So right <laughs> off the rip, I don't agree with this, but Dak Prescott in Dallas, Sam Howell, who's the quarterback right now of um, North Carolina. Then you get Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I just keep thinking of brutally honest highlights when every time I look at Jalen Hurts. My asshole hurts. <laughs> and then you get Justin Fields in Washington. Okay. All right. I, think... I can see all of this being true except for Dak Prescott in Dallas. I don't know much about Sam Howell. I don't know how bad the Giants are going to be in three years, but yeah, the most unrealistic one is the one that's actually playing quarterback right now for the Dallas Isn't Cowboys. Isn't that funny? So now this one is just wild. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to skip right down to the NFC South. Yeah, I don't see so right up, right right out the gate, you get Trey Lance in Atlanta, and I, I know that, that which I know that Christian um, isn't listening because he told me that he'd rather watch. Uh, uh, I'm gonna get a little vulgar here, so he said. I remember it specifically. He said I'd rather watch Peta Jensen get double penetrated um, in a porn video than watch our stuff. So shout out Christian <laughs> for being the greatest supporter that we have. Um, <laughs> That's the best compliment we've ever gotten. <laughs> um, so Trey Lance, I know he'll be sick if he ever hears this. Trey Lance in Atlanta. Spencer Rattler, who um, he's the quarterback of Oklahoma right now. Um, Baker Mayfield in New Orleans. And Jamie Newman, who's the quarterback, I believe. I could be wrong. I know he was at Wake Forest, but I think he transferred. But Jamie Newman in Tampa. Now, this is, this is I would love this if that actually happened, to be honest with you. I think the only one that's the Baker in New Orleans would be ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> I think the only one that's realistic here 
is Spencer Radler. Rat, yeah, Radler. Okay, okay. I can see Matt Rule having fun with him. Yeah, probably. And Trey Lance to Atlanta just because they're yeah. not. They've already just because them. they're not Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't – yeah, fuck Christian. <laughs> um, so we go to the uh, the NFC North. So you got Kyle Trask um, in Chicago. Matthew Stafford still in Detroit, which I, I, I could get behind. Jordan Love in Green Bay and Tanner Morgan, who's a Minnesota quarterback. And that's think, funny. Minnesota think, University quarterback going to Minnesota. I think Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback in 2023 for the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Okay. See, this is what I was foreshadowing before if we haven't if you haven't guessed yet. So we go to the uh NFC this is West. The, the funniest so, one. The, yeah, this is <laughs> This is just great. So you get Kyler Murray, obviously, still K two. Wait, what did you what did you call K one? Not K two. <laughs> so shout out, um, brutally on highlights. Um, you would get it if you watched it. Um, <laughs> the L.A. Rams, uh, Jared Goff. I'm just gonna say the last one first, and then we'll get to Russell that one. So Wilson, Russell, yeah. Russell, the love muscle, still throwing Which like 40 touchdowns and no picks with Sierra. Um, in Seattle, and then we go to San Francisco. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> There's no way. Aaron Yo, quarterback can you game. imagine? First off, he'll be like 40 by then. I still think he's the QB for the uh, Packers. No, he won't. No, he won't be. I'm gonna tell you how old he is right now. I think he's 37 right now, or 36. Oh, yeah, 36. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you know what? You might be right. There's no. I don't know, dude. Man. Actually, I, maybe no. He lays up with Danica. He wants to go back to San Fran. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan's still there. He might, you know, Debo Samuel might have two thousand receiving yards. He did yards. say, "Imagine what 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 he would do with Aaron Rodgers." See, I was foreshadowing, and you didn't get it until just now. Damn it, uh, Matthew. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> but no. But these are clearly. I mean, I love doing. I would love to do something like this at one point. Maybe. I'm thinking maybe we used to do this. First off, listen, U Stadium completely just ripped us off because what we used to do was called Who Who Wear Why, right? That's what it was way yeah, back well, when we were a little baby in, in like January and February. So we would take, but we, we didn't do draft picks. We would take free agents and put them on new teams and why and for how long. So, all right. So real quick, um, we're going to take a little break again. Uh, this is a long episode, but we had a lot to say and we had to make it a little bit longer because last week we got cut off. But coming up right after the break, we got a World Series update. So uh, stay tuned. Listen, we're going straight into the World Series here. Um, this is being recorded Sunday night. Saturday night was probably one of the wildest World Series games I've ever watched in my life. Uh, with a comedy Little League ending. It was just entertaining from see, this is why I wish more people watch baseball because you cannot tell me that that game wasn't entertaining from beginning to end. I was going to say that it wasn't even just that play. That was one of the greatest games we've seen all season. Um, shout out the race for winning. Um, I didn't have the luxury of watching it live. Unfortunately, the one game I didn't pick, um, like I didn't watch live because I was, I, I don't even know what I was doing. But, Amigos was hitting again, huh? No, nah, I think I was watching a movie. Insidious, bro. <laughs> I think I was watching a movie, but I did watch the highlights and everything. Um, first things first, I just want to say Randy Rosarena is not Mike Trout, but he's hey, Rosarena. Yep, he's having a great postseason. Okay, he's he's amazing. Uh, the series has been great. It's had everything. Yeah. You, it's, it's had the. It's only four games in. Depth that the Rays bring, where they just keep on coming and they don't stop, and it's had that insane pitching that you need. 
with glass now, more in um, Blake smell. <laughs> uh, you got Kershaw, who's actually dealing again. Uh, Walker Bueller, I mean, oh my yeah, god, yeah, he looks ridiculous. The, I mean, the bullpens, every, everything's everything's there to make a great World Series. It's the team that has all the money in the world versus the Dollar Tree. I mean, it doesn't get much yeah, better. Yeah, no, you're right. That was so, a perfect way to put it. You nailed that. Can you give yourself a pat on the back after that one? Do it. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. <laughs> great series, though. It's tied two-two currently. The game's going on right now. The real question on this list that Peter has. The um, first thing, well, actually, before yeah, we get into that, bunch of shit. the first thing I want to say, though, about this is I think I want, you know, from the beginning, off rip, I wanted the Rays to win just because I don't like the Dodgers. I don't like Dave Roberts. I think that he is way overrated as a manager. Mm-hmm. But um, the Dodgers have clearly been the better team out of the two, I think. Like, yeah, I agree. They're hitting better. Yeah. And I think that they're even – I don't want to say that they're pitching better. Like, starting pitching-wise, I think they're pitching better. Bullpen-wise, I mean, Tampa's always going to out-bullpen you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think that Tampa has gotten lucky. This series could easily be over already. Or this series could either be 3-1 already. You know what I mean? Like, they could easily be in a losing position already. So I think that they really have to regroup. I think they need a really good start from glass now. And I think they need to rough up Kershaw because Kershaw pitched really well against them in game one. Yeah, Peter, I'm going to just let you handle that because you nailed everything on that. Um, I think the Dodgers are definitely playing way better than the Rays. And I think that's the way that having cash and the Rays have to look at it is if they want to win this World Series at all. I don't like how they celebrated so much after that win. I get what was at stake, but the Dodgers know the series isn't over. So, yeah, um, uh, I mean, it's literally 0-0 if you think about it. It's a best of three now. So, so I listen, I hope they keep trading games, trading blows because, you know, I said it, awesome. I wanted it to go to I wanted it to go to game seven. And honestly, in the weirdest baseball season of all time, with probably one of the like the weirdest matchups of all time too between the Rays and the Dodgers, it's almost inevitable that it would go to a game seven. Yeah. You know, so but I, I just I, I really I still think that the Rays pull it out. I think that. I mean, at the time of recording, I might be roasted for this tomorrow when this comes out, but I think Glass now pitches seven strong innings. I think it's going to be a pitching duel between na, na, the two na, of them. Na, na, na. Yeah, it's watch like him. Cody nine nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Cody Bellinger hits a, a double grand slam. A cock shot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, no, I think the rest of the season, the rest of the series, excuse me, is going to be really interesting. Um, and I think it's been really entertaining. The whole playoffs has been really entertaining up until this point. So um, I'm excited about that. The last question that I really had for this episode that I wanted to ask you, which I asked my dad, my dad got mad at me for this. I think it's just because he's a salty Yankee fan. <laughs> um, I, Because <laughs> we were talking about it and, and he said, I think that this um, season should have an asterisk next to it. And like, I agree to some degree, but then I also asked him the question. I said, would you say that if the Yankees won the World Series? And he said yes. And I don't believe him because if you asked me the same question, I'd say no, just because I'm a Yankee fan, obviously. Yeah. But um, and then the question popped into my head. It's not about an asterisk. It's if the MLB played 162 games, would this be the matchup? All right. Um, amazing questions, a ton of questions that have to be answered, and you just worded them perfectly. So shout out the best co-host in the world, and let's jump right into it. First and foremost, 
I want to just say, I think the Dodgers win the World Series because I didn't get my little prediction out there, but I do think they win the World Series. Second of all, let's just talk about this, um, which you just brought up. I don't think it would be the same. Um, I don't. I think. I don't either. I don't. I don't think if it was a 162 game season, we would be looking at the matchup. I do think the Dodgers would have made it. I don't think the Rays. I do too. I agree with that. That's literally what I told my dad. What I will say is there shouldn't be an asterisk next to it because the players already knew the circumstances. They were granted extended playoffs because the season was shorter. So the Rays did have to fight through extra teams to get to where they are. So it's definitely well-deserved, but I don't think they would have made it. It's not the same though. I think if they won, it counts. Yeah, I do. I think it, it's not actually the same, but I still would count that title. To them. Metaphorically, it's not the same, but I would absolutely count that title because, you know, that's the same thing I told them too. If you're going to count the title in the NBA, if you're going to count the title, if the Stanley Cup in the NHL, you have to count this too. And I know it's a little bit different because they played almost a full season, but it's almost the same circumstances in the yeah, playoffs in, if you think no about home it. There's no court advantage for any of them. That's true. Yeah. Realist, there was no home court advantage for any of the teams. So, yeah. in that sense, and, you're right. Yeah, and if you if you think about this it, this definitely really, counts, though. I mean, I don't like the Rays yeah. or the Dodgers. But and if you counts. if you think about it, dude, like look at all the teams that made the playoffs in MLB. Every team that was in a playoff position would have probably been in a playoff position anyway. You know what I mean? Like we got there was no, I mean, except for like the early season Tigers and early season Orioles, there was really no humongous surprises. Like yeah, there were a few surprises, like you know. The, the White Sox, the Reds, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Those were surprises, but nothing really huge. Nothing like absolutely groundbreaking that was like, wow, this would never happen if this was a 162-game season. Now, <laughs> let me ask you, who would you replace the Rays with? I can't say. They're going to say I'm biased. You're going to say the Yankees? Yeah, I think the Yankees would make the World Series. If it, bro, because think about it. They just started getting hot when like, like that's how the Yankees always play, though. It's like. They, they go through highs and lows throughout the whole season. They'll be really cold or they'll be really hot. And if there was 162 games, I think um, they could have – I mean, there could have been – so, see, we played 60 games. I think if the Yankees were performing like the way they were, maybe they would have made a deal for another pitcher had that have all happened. Um I don't know. I think a lot of stuff changes. I think a lot of I, stuff changes. I do too, and you're going to be like, what the hell? Cheer me out. I would replace the Rays with the Indians. And the only reason why is because you see this postseason alone, you see how far pitching gets you. And I really don't think anyone has a better three-man rotation in baseball. You could, you know what I'm saying? Especially this year. You got, you know, you have um, Shane Bieber, Carlos Carrasco, Zach Playzak. You know what I mean? They And you know what? If this season isn't short and the Padres aren't in it, they probably don't trade Mike Clevenger either. So you add Mike Clevenger in there too. I was just going to say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, the rotation is even I better. I would just take the Yankees because I think with longevity, they would have found a way I to just think the adversity. I, I'm just saying if – I think Cleveland should have went a lot farther than they did. I just think that they caught the Yankees on the at the wrong time. The Yankees were sick of the shit from everyone that they were getting, and they just went out there swinging. You know what I mean? And like the aggressiveness led them past the Indians and then their lack of aggressiveness made them fall against the Rays. You know, it's just a whole, it's a whole mess of factors, but I honestly think that the pitching, if Mike Clevenger was never traded, would have been too much for anyone else. They have a decent bullpen. The, um, you know, Brad Hand, who's up for, who was up for reliever of the year, 
um, yeah, James Karen check, you know what I'm saying? They have a lot, Phil Matone, they have a lot of good receipt um, of receivers. We're talking about football for so long. Uh, they have a lot of good relievers. So I think that they could have made a real push. This is all hearsay. This is all hindsight 2020. I just think it would be fun. You go with the Yankees. My heart says Yankees. Obviously my heart will always say Yankees. I'm just saying Cleveland because of a bunch of factors, but it's fun to speculate. And at the end of the day, you know, we have the two, we literally have the two best teams of the 60 game season in the world series right now. So we can't ask for anything more. I agree. I definitely should count as much as the, as it would have been as if it was 162 games, but I do think the outcome could have been differently, but both teams do deserve to be here. So, and it's, it's, it shows with all the great games that we've had. So Mm -hmm. shout out the Rays and the Dodgers, but I got the Dodgers winning in seven Rays. Wow. I've said this since the beginning of the season, you know, this already. I'm just not (laughs) feeling it. I think LA's due for a trip. And you're feeling baseball. some Casamigos. That's all you're feeling. Right <laughs> <laughs> that was a little sub. All right. Um, that's it. I mean, it actually didn't feel very long. I think it was like an hour and a half, but. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I'm just going to go out and be sappy and say that anytime I get to talk to you, it always feels timeless. Um, I oh. could sit here for hours and talk to you. Um, shout out Chris Rubio, because I know he's going to hear that. And I want him to text me when he hears that. And I, I want to show him a little love. Uh, Chris Rubio is one of my good friends. I love him. And uh, he's the man. And I don't know where that came from just now, but shout out you, Chris. Keep being great. Shout out Chris Rubio. I'll never forget the day when he told me that Jose Aldo would be Conor McGregor and a star was born. <laughs> no, shout out Chris Rubio. But I haven't played oh, the entire Also, episode, shout out but... Uncle Michael. He was actually at my house before we recorded this. He is our biggest fan. Shout out Uncle Michael and shout out Papa Andrew for the guest quote on this episode. He said, if the Yankees win it, what do you say? <laughs> oh, um, I don't even remember. He just got mad at me for asking him the question like he usually does. So, yeah. <laughs> Shout out uh, Papa Andrew Sandy, but I haven't plugged this the entire episode. So. so do it. Yes, sir. So basically, if you're not already doing it, please follow us at TTL Sports WWE. We've been posting some fire content between a special guest appearance from Mr. Sins himself, Johnny, and this amazing jersey swap that TTL had yesterday. Did some numbers. It was great. So shout out TTL Sports WWE on Instagram. Go check us out. And at Take This L Sport 1 on Twitter and YouTube at Take This L Sports. We're coming with some fire. If you haven't already seen, Peter dropped a fire ramp video. More of them are coming soon. Um, pretty honest highlights are on the way. Um, please run this no podcast. brutally honest highlights this week actually though yes, no brutally honest highlights this week but run up please run up these plays on this episode um it's the least we could ask from you guys so yeah, seriously we haven't asked for much so do your job run up these plays <laughs> and peter said it best do your job that might be the name of the episode <laughs> <laughs> all right man uh honestly that was a great plug as you always do i mean Who's better than you? I don't think there's anyone. I don't think there's That's anyone. what I like to hear. And we're going to add mic drop, right? You know what? Just turn your mic off right now. You, you, He turned his mic off right now. I love it. Let's go. All right. I'm going to finish this off right now. That beautiful man on the left right there, that is Matthew Dillon, right? Matthew Dillon. my whole government out. Yes, Matthew yes. Dillon Garber. <laughs> and I'm Peter Severio Andrusani. And until next time, we are the gods of amateur podcasting. <laughs> that was a great exit yeah